It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. With me is Dr. David Kunick. He is with UCS Advisors. Dr. David, thanks again for being with us on The Talking Hedge. Uh, thanks for having me here, Josh. And don't worry, I made sure I wore the yes. canvas pot leaf jacket for all your viewers. They love it. They, they were dying <laughs> to get that. Um, this is not your first rodeo. What um, keeps you coming back to MJ BizCon? Why are you here? So great question. I've actually been to every MJ BizCon since the inception. 11 years. Yeah, 11 years. And it's interesting to see how much it's grown more and more and more. So why am I here? Well, a lot of people forget I actually used to own a cannabis testing lab right here in Las Vegas. So I have a lot of clients here in Las Vegas. I have a lot of investors out here in Vegas. Um, and also, too, it's great because this is one conference. No matter where you are in the United States, people come to me. Mm-hmm. No, and also my clients, I have a few clients here from Germany, from London, from Canada. For some reason, everyone wants to come to Vegas. Um, and that's the main reason why I'm here. And, and also, too, it's really interesting to see what's up and coming. And you and I have both been in this industry for quite some time. It's also interesting to see what companies that said they were going to be here the next 10 to 20 years. And now, three, four years later, they're nowhere to be found. So it's really interesting to see how this industry is condensing a little bit, and you're really seeing who's really going to rise to the top. How do you make the most of it? It's two floors, it's 35,000 people, it's over 1,200 booths. How do you get around and make the most of your time? Uh, what's, your, what's your secret? So my secret is this, like we tell all our clients, our number one green nugget is failure to plan is planning to fail. So we do our recon work starting almost four to five weeks in advance on which booths we want to go check out. We reach out to those vendors ahead of time, figure out what the best time for us to meet with them. And here's a little secret. When you come out here to Vegas, most people leave Thursday night or Friday morning. No. You want to stay till Saturday morning. Because this year, the show ends at 3 o'clock on Friday, which I'm not personally too happy with. But I got meetings lined up from 11 a.m. on Friday to 5 p.m. on Friday. Because people want to stay here, and it'll get more of that one-to-one attention. The other thing is, too, we also tell people also is that you can't go to every networking event. You know, and something where are you here to prospect, looking for business, or are you here to network? And when you really get that right in that right mindset, that's when you get the most out of this. Uh, this year, we have approximately 83 booths that we're going to talk to, which is a lot over two and a half days. Uh, but those are people, uh, booths that either one, we're interested in, in their product or their service, or one of our clients is interested. And so instead of them flying out here, we're their liaison for them. Did I see on LinkedIn or social media somewhere where you had mentioned you're drinking out of a fire hose since uh, midterms when um, uh, uh, Missouri and Massachusetts? Uh, Maryland. Thank you. Um, Are there a lot more real estate investors knocking down your door? Oh, my God. We have more real estate investors coming to us. And what's interesting is that people did really well in real estate the last couple of years. Now, the way the market is, a little flatline, a little overpriced, these real estate investors have extra capital. And now they're starting to look at cannabis companies for them to invest in. And we've had more real estate investors reach out to us in the last three weeks than we probably have in the last year combined. Because they have extra money, they want to spend it before the end of the year, and they want to invest in the next up-and-coming companies. Almost kind of like those uh, cannabis companies that are just about done with their friends and family around and start on their Series A, or they're almost done with their Series A, and next year they go on their Series B. And the one thing, Josh, I mentioned in that LinkedIn post is that there's some really great cannabis companies. Their valuations are going up 30, 40, 50, even 
come Q2 of next year. Uh, and what we were really seeing is a lot of cannabis companies, 2022 was a rebound year for them after COVID. And then they're continuing to grow. And now with more expansion, I mean, real estate investors are saying, hey, I want in. What's the investor profile on that? Is it your conservatives that want the collateral on real estate? Or why is it? I'm assuming that the real estate is, is, a, is a higher demand than the private equity as mm-hmm. of right now. Why is that? So, what is it about real estate that's just so, well, so hot right now? Well, so let's take a step back, though. It's not so much uh, the real estate investors going after and actually investing in actual real estate. It's more of they did so well financially the last couple of years that they have extra dry power they're looking to deploy. And now they're being, uh, they're not as conservative, so they're taking a little bit more risk. And they're saying, okay, you may not own the property or the building, but you got that seven-year lease. Hey, you're already generating revenue. You need an extra couple hundred thousand dollars? Sure, we'll get involved. Um, in terms of different states, like let's use Michigan. Michigan technically has unlimited licenses, but if we peel back the onion, well, only 28, 29% of all the towns in Michigan have opted in. Uh-huh. And then we peel back the layer a little bit more. Like you look at Grand Rapids, Michigan. Technically, the state's unlimited licenses, but Grand Rapids, Michigan actually put a cap on how many licenses they'll give out. And that's where, if you can find that real estate, and you have those investors that are investing in that real estate, that's attracted more real estate investors. So, um, and that's kind of where, and I know I'm giving you a long-winded answer, but this is where we're seeing that huge influx of real estate investors having extra money, where two, three years ago, they were very much risk-adverse. They're like, hey, I want the collateral, I want a, a first lien, versus now they're saying, okay, I did really, really well in the last couple of years. I'm going to take a little bit more risk on my money now. Okay. What about the PE side with private equity? What's the investor makeup and demand, and where are they going after producers, processors, retailers, vertically integrated, East Coast, West Coast? Who's investing in private equity? What are they investing in? Okay, so great, great question. Uh, we're seeing a lot of middle class Americans uh, investing now in the private equity. And uh, Forbes magazine came out with an article a month or two ago. Uh, the people under the age of 39 are an all-time high for return of investing, cannabis being one of them. Uh, mainly what the investors are looking for is not plant touching or non-plant touching. It's one, what's your management team? Do they have any experience? Have they ever taken investor money before and paid back investors? Also, what's the three to five year plan for your company? You're just going to say, oh, I'm going to get acquired one day, because you and I both know that's a pipe dream a lot of times. Uh, so what we're really seeing is management team, um, what's your three to five year goal, and also, too, what's that potential return on investment? The one thing we're finding right now and is amazing in private equity deals, some private equity deals are starting to offer dividends within 24 months of the investments. You don't see that in private equity. And we're seeing a, a huge range of, uh, of middle-class Americans with, with extra dry powder to invest, and they're looking to say, okay, when can I start getting my money back? And they're saying, you know what? If I can get a dividend starting in less than 24 months, that's a pretty good deal. Now, the irony is, this year alone, we've received maybe 375 pitch decks so far. Yeah, there's less than 20 deals that we like. And so that's where you have to kind of put things in perspective, where you're going to go through a lot of BS to finally, uh, like, like we'd say, finally finding that hidden, that hidden gem or that dirty diamond that just needs to be shined up a little bit. What's the average price per pound in those decks that you're seeing? 
Is there anything oh. fun like the Philly? You know, Philly who thinks that you know seven thousand or people in New York who still think they're going to get nine grand at the wholesale level per pound. What you know, all those pitch decks? What are some of those ranges you're seeing? So, what one we're seeing is that people are afraid to, to give different variances in their pitch deck. So it's like, okay, great. You're not selling this wholesale for the same number for the next four years. That's just not going to happen. What's your best case scenario? What's your average scenario? What's your worst case scenario? We're not seeing that. Uh, I think the most interesting number I've seen is someone said they could grow a pound of cannabis all in for two hundred and like four dollars. And I'm like, that's. I'm like, how can you grow a pound of cannabis for two hundred and four dollars of good quality product? And I they, interviewed somebody who was selling it at one fifty a pound. I don't know what the quality is. I mean, you can see my facial reaction. Yeah, Everyone's yeah, here can see my facial yeah. reaction it, it with that. It can't be good. That's, um, and I think the most obnoxious number I've seen wholesale right now is, I won't say which state, someone thought they could still get almost $11,000 wholesale. Wow. And I'm like, no. No. Uh, and that's where it goes back to also investors. Okay, what's your management experience? What have you actually acquired before in the past? What have you sold before in the past? And also, your numbers are not going to be the same for the next four years. But the other thing is, too, like what amazes me is your staffing numbers are going to be the same for the next five years. No, that's not happening. But your profits are going to go up dramatically. Just, it doesn't add up. And this is 2022, almost 2023. You and I, we remember back in Canvas in 2010, 2000, maybe even 15. There's a lot of what we call MSU, make shit up. All right, that's not the case now. There's research, there's history, and the if anything, you have a more sophisticated investor now in this industry. Yeah, like the arbitrary four hundred twenty million dollar valuation weed maps. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, where are people putting their money at? Is it on the grow, the manufacturing, retail? Are you seeing a specific sector and where money's flowing? Sure. Or so preferred. Uh, so great question. For plant touching, we're seeing a lot of people going after manufacturing huge, huge need in manufacturing. And a lot of people want to manufacturing. In terms of dispensaries and grows, the uh, social equity applicants or the micro licenses, very, very difficult. Investors are saying, I can't really get a great return on investment on that, so why would I do that? Um, and we're also seeing a huge influx in non-plant touching. And the non-plant touching is also, okay, how can we take your technology, what you're doing, and also apply it to outside of cannabis? And we're starting to see that as well, especially with the psychedelics. And we're seeing a lot of non-plant-touching companies do stuff in cannabis and also psychedelics. And that's really attracting investors as well, too. Do you have any green nuggets that you want to leave us with? Uh, so my green nugget is this. Uh, everyone here, make sure you do your follow-up within five to six businesses. Follow-up before Thanksgiving. Okay? People just say, oh, I'll do it in the next two or three weeks. No. You're going to lose that potential lead. Too cold? Too, yeah, it's too cold. And I tell everyone, even just a quick email saying, hey, great meeting you. I'll follow up with you again the week after Thanksgiving. Is there a better day that works, or is there a day that works best for you? That's it. Plain and simple, because people, you want to be top of mind. And especially when it comes to people trying to get money, it takes on average eight touches. Eight times you're going to talk to that potential investor that actually give you money. And last but not least, I'll tell everyone right now, is that it's fundraising season. Between people getting their tax returns, people now that the midterm elections are done, people have money they want to spend and invest for tax reasons before the end of the year. So this is the best time of year to actually go out, raise that money, do your follow-ups, do your leads, and make sure you follow up, follow up, follow up.
people want to follow up with you, where can they do that at? Uh, the best way is you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You know, I, I post almost six days a week. Um, or they can just reach out to me at uh, david at ucsadvisor.com. And for all the lovely listeners, our work number is 201-252-7170. All right. And I want one last piece of green nugget, yeah. all right? We tell everyone this. There's a lot of third-party lending going on now. And one of the biggest mistakes we're seeing right now is people are trying to give away equity right away without taking on some debts. And we're telling people, if you can only get a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt, do that. You'll take your company and keep growing it, so therefore your valuation gets higher. Therefore, you give away less equity that, uh, down the road. And that's the biggest piece of advice we've been giving to everyone the last two quarters here this year. People are taking notice because there's a lot of debt issuances out there, so somebody's listening to you. Yep. <laughs> All right. I think with that, we're going to have to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guest, Dr. David Koenig, who is CS Advisor. Appreciate you being on the Talking Hedge. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. It's always oh, a pleasure, man. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't. And I'm out. Forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.